Thank you for downloading the Barbecue Central Show. Maybe you're listening to this now because you missed the live version Tuesdays from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show is brought to you by these sponsors, which I am extremely grateful for. The Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic temperature control devices. Their website, thebbqguru.com. Big Papa Smokers, creators of some of the best rubs out there and retailer of many different grills and barbecue products. Their website, bigpapasmokers.com. Butcher's Barbecue, creators of injections, rubs, and seasonings. Their website, butchersbbq.com. Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. And their website is greenmountaingrills.com. Also by Cookshack, some of the best industrial electric smokers out there today. Also pellet cookers as well. Their website is cookshack.com. Cookinpellets.com. If you want to fire those pellet cookers that I just talked about, visit cookinpellets.com to buy your pellets right now. Also by the Chops Power Injector. Forget about using one needle to inject your meats. The Chops Power Injector system has four needles for your injecting pleasure. You can visit them at barbecuekansascity.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, KansasCity.com. And by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour, you can visit kcbs.us slash samstour for results, to register your team, or to see where the next event will be taking place. And by Pit Barrel Cooker, one of the most unique and efficient cookers out there in the market right now. Visit their website at pitbarrelcooker.com. And by Unknown Barbecue Accessories. You can visit them at unknownbbq.com slash shop. This is Dominion from Two Loose Screws. I'm listening to Barbecue Central. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. All right, good evening, and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday if you want to jump in on the show tonight, I'm more than happy to have you. One phone call can do at 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. A little, little out of... Uh, out of the delay, little delayed getting the newsletter out. I think it was just past 5 o'clock this way around. Nevertheless, uh, we had it going, and here's what's happening. The second Tuesday of the month brings the second Tuesday of the month regular guest. In interview segment 2 and 3 in your first hour, none other than the creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website ever on the face of the earth, Meathead Goldwyn, AmazingRibs.com. We talked a lot of pizza for the one segment that we did last month, so we are going to revisit a little pizza for this go-around. Uh, if you have any questions or comments or concerns, if you missed anything the last go-around, we will address those. Then we will move on to some other topics. We have some good New myth-busting about temperatures of steaks and finished temperatures and all that good stuff that we'll ask Meathead about. Plus, as you didn't know already, Meathead has a new barbecue and grilling cookbook out, Science of Barbecue and Grilling with Meathead. He is doing a book tour in promotion of that or in support of the book, which is doing fantastically well. And... To announce on this show, if you are a Pit Club member, 
Uh, Matt, we are live. Thank you. We are live. This is the Barbecue Central show, not Whiskey Bent Barbecue in the Pit. <laughs> Something that Meat had announced, I think, last week in his uh, pay portion of the website, the Pit Club, which is sub-24 bucks for the year. I'm going to tease it minimally. Put your head around this tagline. This tagline. Meathead in paradise? All right. We're going to talk about that. So if you're not a member of the Pit Club, you want to find out what it's all about, hurry up on over and sign up. I think it's free for even like 30, well, you have 30 days or 90 days to cancel if you don't like it. But why wouldn't you like it? You also would get me every Thursday with the PitCast that I do exclusively. Exclusively on AmazingRibs.com. So that's what we got going on with Meathead. And then in the second hour, Cleveland Barbecue is on the map. I, I don't know how else to say it. Cleveland Barbecue is on the map. Or there are a few restaurants that serve barbecue that are on the map. They're very much in the social media realms right now. And we're going to bring one of the co-owners of the West Side Barbecue Restaurant, the proper pig smokehouse. Shane Vitovic joins me. This is your classic story of Cleveland success, and I'm not talking about getting beaten down and beaten down and beaten down for years like we did in sports, and then finally, 52 years later, winning a championship like the Cavs. This is of effort. This is of hard-workedness. This is of entrepreneurialshipness. All that good stuff that makes Cleveland what it is. And while there is a vast wasteland of some of the worst barbecue you could ever get your hands on here in the great city of Cleveland, Ohio, and surrounding areas, the greater Cleveland area, two are doing it right. One, I have not been to, but you would recall a month or so ago, I joined Daniel Vaughn, the first full-time Barbecue writer, barbecue editor, ever, writes for Texas Monthly Barbecue. TMBBQ.com is his website. And we went together. We ate the barbecue at Proper Pig. And then Daniel actually did a quick review. He did both Simon's Restaurant and the Proper Pig. But we got the audio at the Proper Pig, as you recall. And they have seen success, growing success. So much so... We had to bring him back on and talk. So why not? Shane Vitovic, proper pick, west side of Cleveland. Um, I got to take this. Hold on one second. Ain't nobody got time for that. I know. Hold on. Stand by. I apologize. I had to take that. Weird. Um, yeah. So let let me look at this too with video. Yes. 
Just making sure we got Shane locked in here. Uh, Doug Shiding, neither LeBron James or Michael Simon calling in. I can tell you that. All right, that's the middle school calling. Oh, boy. All right, well, whatever. Completely thrown amok. Watch out. So the proper pig will be on at 10.14, and then we will make a call to the proverbial bullpen and find the embedded Texas correspondent and pitmaster of Rogue Cookers, world championship pitmaster. Doug Scheiding joining me. You would recall a handful of weeks ago, there was potential legislation being offered up in the IBCA to ban pellet cookers, and that was going to be something that perhaps the general membership was going to have to vote on. The IBCA had their annual meeting this past weekend, and Doug Scheiding will be joining me to recount all of the goings-on. Are pellet cookers banned from the IBCA? Huh? Yes? Stay tuned, and Doug will tell you yay or nay. So that's your lineup. Meathead Goldwyn coming up in about six minutes. Doug Scheiding closing the show in between that Shane Vitovic from Proper Pig. Now, let me give an incredible amount of thanks to Centralite Ron Happ for making this. And if you're just on the audio side, I apologize. I talked about the embarrassing time when Johnny Trigg kind of pushed me to the side at the Kingsford Invitational. The next day, this meme shows up. It's the best. I even put it on my Facebook, all that good stuff. So, if you haven't seen it, if you want to comment on it, all that good stuff. Also, I am making a big push over to the Barbecue Central Show Facebook page. Which is not the same. What? What did I do here? All right. I flipped them over. Which is not the same as my personal page, which I will be really culling down. Culling. That's a word I haven't used often. All right. Meathead Goldwyn coming up out of the break. Let me talk to you quickly about the longest-running sponsor of the show, Barbecue Guru. Gang, if you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices for your cookers, this is where you need to look. Stop here. These are the folks that created this technology. If you're not familiar with how these little beauties work, I'm not going to get into the minute detail, but imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature and once set, keeps it running at that temperature all the way through the cook. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's real life. You can take advantage of this today. Maybe you're a busy working professional like me or you, or perhaps you're constantly on the run with kids, you're doing errands, and quite frankly, you just don't have the time to set around and tend to pit temperatures. The Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a brisket or a couple slabs of ribs. You're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. There are currently a number of models to choose from. We talk about them on this show each and every week. If you're really nerdy or you want to control up to two different pits, take a number of internal temperatures of meats, and you want to have it connect to any kind of smart device, right? Then all you need to do is get the CyberQ Wi-Fi. It also emits its own wireless signal if you need to, or it can connect to your own Wi-Fi signal at home, your own local area network. On the other side, you have the uh, Party Q. Very easy, very nice. Runs on AA batteries. It's a self-contained unit. It goes from cooker to cooker to cooker. Works on kettle-style grills. It works on bullet-style smokers, all, all that good stuff. If you are in the market for a cooker Onyx oven, still out there, still winning, absolutely, do yourself a favor, please. Head on over to thebbqguru.com and check out their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. They'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU or visit thebbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru is a breakthrough in barbecue technology. All right, we're back with Meathead Goldwyn right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back to the show. This portion being brought to you by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. 31 cities. Five, I just saw a comment by Diane Mee. It was hilarious. 31 cities, 500000 in cash to be won. Eternal bragging rights, of course, if you win it all. This weekend, the Sam's Club Tour rolling through the Commonwealth of Richmond, Virginia. A local qualifying event to be sure. Keep in touch with the Sam's results or to see where the next event will be by visiting the website kcbs.us slash Sam's Tour. That's kcbs.us slash Sam's Tour. I would take money from Facebook for live reads, by the way, Diane. That's no joke. I would do it. I would do it. All right, joining me now, the creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website on the face of the earth in the midst of the Olympics taking time away for sure, Meathead Goldwyn joining me. Meathead, how are you, buddy? Hey, Greg, how's the Centralites and the Cleveland Cavalier Barbecue. We are doing absolutely fabulous. Always appreciate the uh, time that we have each and every month here to visit. And while a little abbreviated last month just because of uh, the travel schedule and uh, the promotional tours and all the stuff that you've been on, first of all, let me say, Mita, uh, you look no worse for the wear for the amount of travel you've been doing. A little worse the wear. Yeah, all these old bones don't travel as well as they used to. I suppose if uh, I was on the competition circuit, I'd be worn out, but uh, I'm having fun. Um, uh, The uh, book is going gangbusters. It's been in the top 100 of all 8 million books on Amazon. Wow. Um, I mean, that's just, you know, hard to fathom. And uh, uh, they named it Cookbook of the Year at mid-year. That's... That's a real real compliment, I think. So six months from now, they're not going to yank that title from you, right? If you if you get it now, they have to hold that all the way through? No, I suspect that the fall release books, there'll be some good ones out there. And um, I, I don't know if I'll be cookbook of the year at the end of the year, but I'll take the mid-year. So let me ask you, you know, this was no secret that this was absolutely a labor Maybe of love sometimes, but, I mean, it took a long time to get out. So now that it's been released, you've had time out in the market. You've seen the success of the book. Like, can you look back now with rosy glasses and be like, yeah, man, that was great, and all of a sudden everything is okay, and this other book maybe is starting to think, and you're going to get yourself into another nightmare or what? Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> you you were constantly reminding me that it was taking forever. <laughs> Where's the book, Meathead? Yeah, <laughs> it, it was a labor of love. It, it 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 did gather a lot of what I think I've learned over the years. Um, uh, the publisher wants a sequel. Um, I'm mulling it over. It, it it is. I mean, for people who are contemplating a book. Writing a book is a lot of work, and even though a lot of the ideas already were on the website, you just can't copy and paste a website into a book. Uh, It's a different style of writing. And one of the things I really like about the book is that you can find a beginning, a middle, and an end to the ideas that I, you know, the techniques, the concepts that I've tried to teach. We've talked a lot about them here. Uh, A website, you just kind of parachute in out of nowhere, and you jump around, and you learn little bits and pieces. So the book does teach better, I think. I'm, I'm not sure if I can if I want to do another one. It, it really detracted from the work I like to do, which is on the website. I like to interface and react with people and write new articles and recipes, and um, writing for a book interferes with that. We'll see. Let's just play down-the-road game just for one second. Let's decide that you've made the decision that you'll at least entertain it a little bit more seriously. Like, what would a sequel be? Like, uh, more great barbecue and grilling stuff would meet head, or would it be a complete departure from, uh, like, a recipe book, but still within the industry? How do you follow up what is continuing to be a fairly large hit for you right out of the box? Yeah, I don't think there's any chance it would um, uh, be as good as 
um, or uh, as um, popular as the current one, because the really a lot of the good stuff is there. Um, the working title that they gave me was More Meathead. Um, and uh, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but I actually did my master's in art. And, you know, they call it the culinary arts. And once you understand... Oh, we're going to get into uh, philosophy here, but... Great. Um, to be a great artist, you, you really have to be first a great craftsman. To be a great sculptor, you have to be able to express the ideas and the emotions of your art. But to execute it, you have to ha be able to sculpt. You have to have the skill set. Um, and that's what the science of gr cooking is, is, is understanding how heat he and meat react together. So you have to be first. You just can't be a great artist without knowing the basics. And so going into the art would be kind of fun. Um, trying to do some fun stuff with um, various ethnic cuisines and fusions and I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm probably not going to do it. <laughs> Could you be enticed? And what I've always told is if you, you know, I'm going to talk about money here for a second, but mm. could you ever be encouraged to do it sheerly for the cash benefit? Money has a fa is a factor. I mean, the publisher paid me a lot of money for the first book, and uh, there will be more. My agent has promised there would be more for the second book, but... Um, you know the the way. All right, inside baseball stuff. Um, and we've touched upon this briefly. And if yep. I start repeating myself, shut me up, Greg. But um, the internet has changed a lot. Once upon a time, only five years or so ago, a website could make a living on advertising. Um, but the supply and demand laws are in effect right now, and the uh, supply of advertising space is massive out there. Even in the little barbecue segment, everybody's got a barbecue website now on a blog. Um, barbecue Guru, for example, one of your sponsors. They have a lot of places they could place ads. It's hard, and not only that, but Google is now auctioning off ad space, and it's driving the price down. Supply and demand is driving the price down. Small independent websites can't survive just on advertising like they used to. Uh, we can't. Um, the um, the nature of the internet has changed. I think people out there are going to have to start getting used to websites asking them to pay, either voluntarily or putting up a paywall like the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal. Or what we've done, we've created this Pitmaster Club, which a, a vast amount of information is available for free on the website. But the Pitmaster Club is a forum, and it contains a lot of cool features among them. Uh, yours truly, uh, Greg, you are doing a weekly 30-minute newscast. We call it a pit cast. Our friend Clint Cantwell is doing interviews with pitmasters, hour-long, in-depth, deep dives into discussions with pitmasters like uh, Noah from Pit Barrel Cooker and Jamie Provience and uh, the, the Shed Gang. Uh, so we've offered benefits in exchange for a $24 a year membership. And that's paying the way. That's how we're surviving now. Some people may remember that about January 2015, I sold the website right. to a big meat processor. Well, I bought it back. It didn't work out. It wasn't a marriage made in heaven. There was no ill will or ill feeling. The things that we thought we could do together just didn't pan out. So I bought it back. So I'm still, you know, my little website. I'm, I'm sitting here in my office, which is in my home. I come down the stairs and my shorts and t-shirt every morning and go to work and uh, uh, we don't have that big corporate parent like the Food Network or uh, you know newspapers or publishers or TV so I think you're uh, not just in the barbecue world but whatever your interests are gardening quilting you're gonna find the better websites that want to do professional quality writing and reporting are gonna have to start charging for it uh, Meathead Goldwyn joining me here on the show, AmazingRibs.com. Uh, just to tighten this one up here, uh, subject matter-wise, do you ever fear that because the Internet is so prolific 
and has so much free stuff. I've said it on this show a hundred times, maybe a thousand times over the last seven years. Who would have thought out of all the things you can monetize, and certainly it is monetized to a certain degree, that you can find so much free porno on the Internet? I thought that would be locked up years ago, but it still is prolific. Do you ever concern yourself with, are you drinking vodka? No, it's just water. I just, you know, Tuesday night is date night. I come home from date night early to be with you in the Central Lights. Yikes. Um, And I just, I waltzed (laughs) in the door like three minutes before the the Skype uh, connection launched. Uh, um, We went to see the uh, the new Woody Allen movie tonight, uh, Cafe Society. A lot of fun. All right. Uh, uh, But I, I didn't have a chance to pour myself a glass of wine yet. Sorry. Uh, get Take that in the break. Get that in the break. Right now, and I'll... <laughs> we got, okay, we got nine minutes, and then you can get yourself a, a, a glass of wine. So do, do you ever think or do you ever concern yourself with, I'm offering this pay portion, and people just might go away from it because at some point they might be able to find it for free somewhere else? Or can you not think like that because you've seen the success that the Pitmaster Club has had? I, who knows what the future holds? Yeah. Um, we're very lucky. Um, we enjoyed the last three months in a row, 1.5 million unique view visitors to the website, over 4 million page views. Um, there's nobody comes close. Uh, there's a lot of good barbecue and grilling websites. Kingsford is very good. Clint runs that great stuff. They're not even close. Um, uh, so we've got a good running lead on people, and the renewal rate in the Pitmaster Club has been very high. It's running almost 90%, which is unheard of in a membership or a subscription service, because we're offering fun stuff. Um, we just announced uh, our first meetup, our first face-to-face get-together. Uh, we're going to do several, I think, try to have them around different locations of the country, but our, our mutual friend Brad, Brad Barrett from... Um, uh, uh, grill grates, and I are collaborating on a face-to-face meetup in the Bahamas in February. So we're taking reservations now, and it looks like it's going to be a fun time. There's room for about a hundred people, and we're going to do cooking demonstrations on the beach. We're going to do uh, steaks, um, front sear, reverse sear, and sous vide. We're going to do pizzas on the beach. We're going to have a lot of fun. So. And naming-wise, Meathead in Paradise. Oh, my. Yeah, that's what they're called. Very sexy. Uh, what kind of attendance do you think you're going to get out of this? I look, let me let me be honest here. I'm going to take you to task. Uh, here's my thought. And who, who better to tell you what to do with everything that you're concerned with than somebody else, you know, who should not tell you what to do? But that's what the I, Internet's all about. I can run everybody's business better than uh, I run my absolutely, own. Absolutely, and let me spend your money. So... <laughs> the first meetup, I thought, should be you know in a barbecue mecca, domestic, yeah. and everybody kind of meets and sees if we really like each other or if we just really prefer handles and screen names, and then get aggressive and go beyond borders. But for me to fly out to the Bahamas, it's a five hundred and fifty dollar yeah. ticket, uh, hey. along with you know the registration fee and the three nights of hotel. I mean, I love Meathead, of course. But, I mean, that's a tough pill to swallow for a lot of folks. Yeah, it is. It, it worked out that way. Um, we're negotiating with the National Barbecue Association to have um, a meetup at their Fort Worth event in March. Um, and uh, uh, hopefully that'll happen. Um, there's some problems and roadblocks. Uh, but uh, if that happens, we'll have a day or two in Fort Worth tacked on to the National Barbecue Association. It'd be easy to fly in and out of Fort Worth, a lot cheaper, a lot of fun, and people could go to the Barbecue Association conference, which is a really great conference. And uh, so, you know, and we'll we'll try to do others around the country. It's just that Brad came to me. Brad has a um, a vacation home on this uh, Green Turtle Key, and uh, that's what caused him to decide he wanted to do it out there. And, hey, let's go to paradise. No doubt. I will, I'm always down for paradise. No no question about it. We're talking with Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. Uh, Meathead, let's go ahead and talk. I don't know if we're going to bust a myth or, or talk about something new that, I, that we saw here a few weeks ago uh, before we go into the first break. So it's widely known that uh, uh, ground beef, meat, ground meat, has the potential of being kind of icky 
because you take anything that might be on the top and you're grinding it down into the middle, uh-huh. and this is why we see those temperatures of 160 internal for a hamburger, so on uh-huh. and so forth. Uh, there was something in the DailyMail.com that was talking about like six or seven items that this guy, whoever wrote it, was done eating amongst them. Uh, an item we've talked about at length here on the show a few different times, sprouts. Uh, but the one that thing that really caught my eye was steak. Not a flash in the pan. According to the expert, meat needs to be cooked to 160 degrees throughout to kill bacteria that could cause a coli or salmonella or all the other good stuff. Where long and far-reaching, it was put it on the grill, it kills the bacteria on the top, everybody's good to go because it's not working its way down. This article would at least have you uh, seriously rethink that. Yeah, th- this was by um, an interview with a man named Marler. And he's out of, I think, Seattle, and he's an attorney. And he's the guy you call if somebody in your family gets really sick or dies from bad food. And he runs a website about um, foodborne illnesses. He tracks all of the cases around the country, where the outbreaks are, what the causes are. Nobody knows more about the subject uh, than he does. He's not a scientist, but he knows what's going on really well. And they asked him what are the foods he would never eat. One more sprouts, and I've written about this. Sprouts are probably the most risky food in the grocery store because the seeds are often contaminated. They grow in the field, and birds fly over, and Bugs Bunny runs through the field, and um, uh, Bambi runs through the field, and Porky Pig runs through the field, and they're easily contaminated, and you pick the seeds, and they go in a burlap bed in, in in the hold of a ship coming in from China, or just in a warehouse coming in from California, they're easily contaminated, and then you warm these seeds and wet them in order to make them sprout, which are exactly the conditions that make bacteria sprout. And so it's pretty well known that these are high risk. Even if you do them at home, it's just uncooked sprouts, anything uncooked. One of the others that he refuses to eat um, are um, oysters, oysters. Yep. Uh, and the Vibrio is a major issue right out there now, particularly as the Gulf of Mexico is warming, um, and um, you know they're they're risky too. Uh, the question is, is risk? How much risk is there? How much are you willing to take? He said that he wouldn't eat a medium rare steak. I think it was, and USDA has told us that um, they want us to cook it. I think their number is one forty five. Um, but the risk is really, really, really low um, uh, because if there's contamination, it tends to be on the surface. Uh, it can get inside, but it's rare that it does. Um, and uh, um, I, I think, you know, maybe he was a little uh, overly concerned about that. To my opinion, I agree with him about sprouts and raw oysters yep. and. You know, they call it, you know, the food safety people call it the kill step. Cooking is the kill step. Cooking kills the bugs. And if there's no kill step, then bugs can live. So, so is he taking it to an extreme to where, you know, we were talking about very, very low risk with the steak. He's talking about X temperature because I'm guessing it eliminates the risk. So aside from, you know, don't eat oysters, don't eat sprouts. Okay, I get it. Um, Here with the steak, if you just cook it to X, you're taking any type of risk out. I mean, certainly you're ruining your meat. But uh, (laughs) if you want to do it, then this is the way he thinks legally it's the right. I think he's trying to get the risk down to zero. Wow. And, you know, life is full. Look, I tell people... Anxiety about the food you eat will kill you faster than anything you eat. Uh, I, you know, if you live to be 80 years old, I did the math again today just to check my arithmetic. Eat three meals a day, seven days a week. You eat 87,600 meals in your Holy life. Holy moly. 87,000. You can have some Cheetos. You can eat junk food every now and then. You don't obviously want to eat hot dogs three meals a day every day of the week. But, I mean, realistically, 87,000 meals in your lifetime. You, you, can, you can have a little fun and not feel guilty about it. Um, 
people who are just, you know, they go out to dinner and they have to have the most bland, boring food on the plate um, because they're trying to take care of their health. I, I guess it's a choice, but um, I'll, uh, you know, I'll have, I'll have the, the USDA Prime well marbled steak every now and then, and you know, I'll probably keel over from a heart attack next week. I, I've always said, and especially to my vegan friends, and I use that term friends loosely, if you are on the deathbed, something has caused you to fall ill or, or whatever, and at the very end, right before you're taken, you think to yourself. Man, I should have had that piece of bacon. I mean, how much of a remorseful SOB are you if you're thinking you should have had bacon? You should have eaten the bacon, and then at least you could have died happily. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. You know, they, they talk about removing the risk of dying. Somebody sent me another. Uh, <laughs> all, the, we all die. The risk of dying is I heard 100%. That. 100%. You know, yes, that's right. The question is, is. You know, how do we hasten the death? Um, I, I really am uncomfortable talking a lot about health because I'm not a physician. I'm not a scientist. Um, I read a lot about it. I study it carefully. People ask me a lot about it. So I'm reasonably well informed. Um, and I, you know, I cook and I eat. I don't think there's any reason to stop eating medium rare steaks. Uh, <laughs> I think this barler is looking for zero risk. If he really wants to eliminate risk in his life, don't ever get behind the wheel of your car because that I mean 30,000 people die a year from their automobile accidents and people who die from E. coli is far fewer far fewer maybe a thousand two thousand I don't know what the number is amazing meathead Goldwyn joining me here on the show amazingribs.com meathead go ahead and get your bottle of wine uh, and I will go ahead and talk to everybody quickly about Cook Shack, and then we'll rejoin each other here in just a few minutes. Uh, folks, let me talk to you about Cook Shack. They manufacture smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience. Whether you barbecue in the backyard or on the competition circuit or perhaps in a five-star dining facility, Cook Shack has a unit that will do the job. And with a perfect full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it is a one-stop shop of choice. On the Internet, Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, a smoking grilling 101, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website, cookshack.com, or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, the Google Pluses. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. Cook Shack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champs because they were designed by a champ. Ed Fast Eddie Morin, the FEC 100, the PG 1000 are always customer favorites. The PG 1000 can double as a smoker and a grill. Low and slow or hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for the money. Also, Cook Shack residential electric smokers, the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in an oven, you can cook on a Cook Shack. Passion, dedication drives Cook Shack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Or, again, visit the website cookshack.com. Uh, personal testimonial, I don't own one, but my dad has a Cook Shack smokehead. He's had it for well over 11 years. And aside from just turning out great barbecue, electric, right? Uh, that thing is a beef jerky-making machine. Some of the best jerky I've ever tasted is coming out of that cook. It's fabulous. He should make me more. Dad, you listening? Cookshack.com. We're back with more Meathead Goldwyn right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. Uh, this portion of the show being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills. Manufacturers, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. If you're looking for a cooker to house a lot of food, they got one for you. Medium size, got you covered. 
Tailgating, camping, they got a little one you can take wherever you want. They can also supply you with pellets to fire those cookers. Check them out online, greenmountaingrills.com. That's greenmountaingrills.com. I love my Green Mountain Grill. I have a Jim Bowie. It's the big one, of course. You can love yours as well. Just visit the website. All right, we're back with Meathead. What do you got there? You have a nice Viognier? Actually, it is. Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. <laughs> I know my shit. Um, it's uh, OPP. Um, I it's the the company is called Other People's Pinot, but <laughs> I had to have somebody much younger and hip explain to me what OPP stands for. Yeah, well, uh, back in 1992, uh, between 88 and 92, I did uh, believe I was 100% African American. And I knew all of the rap music, and one of my favorite songs ever was by a group, Naughty by Nature, which was famous for the song, You Down with OPP. Okay, well, I didn't know this, oh, yes. and uh, it's been explained to me. I was going to say, did you want me to like break out in the rap? Here's a fun fact that you'll never need. I once won a lip-sync contest my senior year in high school, rapping OPP. I won a year's supply of pizza from Domino's. How about that? Nice. I know. Nice. I love. Nobody loves pizza more than me, so it was like absolutely fabulous. People in the uh, in the uh, chat room are going to have to explain it to the others. Speaking of the chat room, um, <laughs> um, just something I want to caution about. Yeah. I have this big article on the website about sprouts and the risk, and people who stop in there tend to be people who found it through Google um, on sprouts. It's I guess it's high in the Google sprouts and they tend to be vegans and they tend to get very upset with me yes and they tend and it's a really well researched well um, footnoted linked to CDC and all the research it, it's a, a good clear uh, explanation of why sprouts are risky and the answer they always give me Sylvia are you listening is oh I've been eating <laughs> sprouts all my life and I've never been sick Sylvie was commenting about eating um, medium rare uh, steaks, and she's never been sick. Well, I've you know I've been driving all my life, and I've never been killed. But it doesn't mean driving is safe. Um, I do believe that the ev preponderance of evidence is is that uh, medium rare steaks are safe. But uh, we can't ever, when talking about these subjects, say uh, use our own anecdotal information. I've been eating sprouts all my life, and I never got sick. Well, good for you. You've beat the reaper. You've uh, you've you you. you but, you know, I mean, that doesn't mean it's safe. So uh, we got to be careful on those th those points. Just because you haven't been hit by a car doesn't mean driving is safe. And it's not bad to have all of the information and then as an adult make your own decisions and live with them, right? I mean, oh, come on. Yes, yes absolutely. Although uh, we do want to be thoughtful about our friends and family. And uh, when it comes to steak, I think we've got a little room to play with and we can... Uh, I mean, if steakhouses all served steak at the temperature USDA recommends, they'd all be out of business. On the other hand, if chicken shops all serve chicken at the temperature and oh, under what USDA oh, recommends, oh, trouble. there'd be a lot of sick and dead people out there. I don't think you want to monkey around with the USDA <laughs> recommendation on poultry. 160. Yeah. Um, probably uh, nothing less. Yeah, well, uh, a well-earned fear amongst uh, poultry, for sure, so heed that. Although, now, I don't know, Greg, stop me if we've talked about this, because we've been talking together so many years, but, um, you know, KCBS and others have this no pink juices or no pink uh, yes, in right. meat rule, and um, that is, is, is really questionable, and I think a lot of you who compete know because you all carry your thermopens, that you've cooked it to a safe temp, 160 to 165, often 170 on the dark meats, and there's still blood along the bone. And I think we've shown these pictures here, haven't we? Yes. Yeah. Um, this this is no longer true, that um, uh, pink juices and uh, bloody uh, bones are, uh, mean it's undercooked. Or juices running clear. Or juices running clear. Uh, the, you can cook to a very high temp, 180. I've done it. I've cooked to 180, and I've had pink juices. And uh, if they're using a blotter or a napkin to test and DQ you at a competition, 
That's not right. That's not fair. I don't know why that is. I think somebody needs to really look closely at the chicken category, how people cook chicken. You know, I've got the broadest definition on earth as to what is barbecue. And I'm happy to accept um, uh, muffin tin chicken as barbecue. But really, I mean, KCBS of all organizations, um, braised chicken um, and this pink juices stuff, somebody really ought to either dump the chicken category and go with something else or find another way. I don't know the answer, but uh, it's got issues. All right. uh, Meathead Goldwyn talking tonight about uh, multiple topics, including chicken. So let me ask you, Meathead, last month we were kind of rifling through pizza. And I got a tremendous amount of positive email and, you know, great information, blah, blah, blah. Wish I had more of this, that, and the other thing. So I just wanted to revisit it here for the last eight minutes that we have um, for your visit this month and see, you know, was there anything that you thought, A, you want to kind of circle back around and and reinstill, or were there some things that we just glossed over very quickly you wanted to get a little bit more in depth on? Let's 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 take off where we left off. As I recall, last week we only had a half hour because of yep. my travel schedule, yep. um, and so we did kind of a survey of all the different kinds of pizzas, um, and, and the different styles of pizzas really depends a lot on the dough. Um, like for example, your Roman style dough usually has an oil uh, mixed into it, but your Neapolitan style dough no oil at all, and they makes very different type of crust. And, and, and so, um, and the other things um, which we never really got into was cooking pizza outdoors, outdoor grilling. Uh, I think I mentioned I had just gotten a, a pizza oven from yep. Italy. Yep. Um, and I've been playing with it, by the way. It's called Pizza Party, and I've got a link to it on my website. I think if you Google Pizza Party, it, you won't find it because uh, they just opened up their English website. They're out of Florence, Italy. Um, but it's a really nifty device. It comes almost completely assembled, and it sells for around a thousand bucks, which is around what you pay for a pellet cooker. Um, and um, um, it really it works. And it, I mean, it's designed and it works a lot like the big pizza ovens in the store. And I've been have I'm I'm really impressed with it. There are other um, small backyard modular pizza ovens that I've seen. And I've also been playing lately with a gadget called Bakerstone. And Bakerstone is a box that sits on top of a gas grill. And it's also very cleverly designed. And um, I've been making really good pizzas on that. I have tried the um, kettle pizza attachment from my Weber kettle. And it works. But I have had just as much good luck without it. Um, and um, uh, over on the Pitmaster Club, the inventor of the slow and sear, David Parrish, has been interacting with a guy who calls himself Breadhead, who's a really accomplished baker outdoors, and they've been doing pizzas on the Weber kettle using the slow and sear that look absolutely gorgeous, and I haven't tried it yet. Um, but I think, I think that... Um, the biggest problem with getting pizza success outdoors is really getting control of your temperature because you've got to get the heat from above and the heat from below in balance. Uh, I call it simultaneous pizza gasm because you've got to get the top and the bottom cooked at the same time. And usually your first time out, you won't. Usually you'll fail the first time out. Most likely you'll (laughs) overcook the bottom, burn the bottom, before the top cooks, and you don't want undercooked sausage. So the first time you go out and try out uh, a pizza on your grill, gas grill or charcoal, do um, the margarita pizza, which is no meat. Do uh, I mean get a good tomato sauce, make your own, or buy a good um, uh, Marzano tomatoes or chunks of tomatoes. Fresh basil, it's in season right now. You can smash up fresh tomatoes right now. Fresh mozzarella, the buffalo style mozzarella, and um, get a good dough. You, if you can make, I have recipes on the website for both the Roman and um, a Neapolitan style that are pretty easy. 
Um, is it? And, but uh, isn't there like a, a specialty flour that you need to make uh, or to to buy? Because I know a former sponsor of my show, Fred Bernardo, huge into pizza, and he always used to talk mm-hmm. about how he was carrying this special kind of flour, this that, and the other thing. Yeah, double aught is the classic um, Neapolitan style pizza dough, and um, I've tried um, all purpose. And I've tried uh, double aught, and double aught I like a little better, but not a whole heck of a lot. And most of us have all-purpose flour around and not double aught, and it's hard to find double aught. So I think you can, I mean, my recipes call for using all-purpose flour. Um, uh, and my, my wife makes a great Roman-style dough with all-purpose flour. And uh, we, we bought a bunch of double aught for our experiments, and half of it went unused because we just switched back to all purpose. So I don't think it's, I mean, I suppose it's like. I mean, are we talking like a prime steak versus Wagyu steak kind of a situation here? I think it's less. I think it's less of it. I I think the difference in quality, I don't 5% difference. If you can measure it, I don't think it's huge. Um, uh, Certainly if I was a, competing in the restaurant world for your money and I want to make the absolute quintessential Neapolitan pizza, I would be using really fresh double aught. But um, you can, and the recipe I've got for Neapolitan dough is a variant on the recipe by a guy named Jim Leahy and he is the guy who's famous for creating the no-need bread dough and this is a no-need pizza dough and it really works. It really works. It's really easy. It's very simple. You just mix everything up and put it in a corner at room temp for uh, overnight, and um, and you don't roll it out. You just kind of you do the steering wheel thing. You just kind of roll it through your hands. If you want to toss it, you can toss it, and it works out great. From a sauce standpoint, red sauce standpoint, mm. is there a uh, suggested amount, uh, like I'm a sauce, or is it to taste? Like some people like to put a lot of barbecue sauce on their food. Some people don't. Some people put it on the side. Do you want to go thin first and then add as you go, or is there too much sauce, or how does that work? Those are good questions. Um, I think, you know, the easy answer is taste is a matter of taste, but um, the dough is wet and so is the sauce. And the sauce is really wet. It's mostly water. Um, and you're trying to dry out the dough during the cooking process and make bread out of it. Um, so the more sauce you put on, the slower it is going to be to dry out. Um, so, uh, you know, if you've ever watched pizza being made on TV or in a good pizza-making uh, shop, they take a ladle and pour a little in the center, and then they move the ladle around, and you kind of see stripes there. So you can actually see the dough through there. Um, so I, I think you want to go easy on the sauce at first. I think, you know, pizza making on the grill may be as tricky as, as good brisket. Um, but once you get the hang of it, it's pretty easy. And with the right setup, I mean, they can be done in um, two to four minutes, six to seven minutes, depending on the setup you're using and the type of dough and stuff. Keep, keep the number of wet ingredients down. Like, I love putting fresh tomatoes on the um, pizza, but um, I've learned that for the Roma tomatoes, for example, which are meatier than the um, big slicing tomatoes, um, I cut the end off, the stem end, and I squeeze out the gel. Um, and I hate to do that because there's a lot of flavor in there, yeah. but that's a lot of water. And when you slice those um, or chop them and throw them on the, um, on the pie, they bring a lot of water to the party. Um, and uh, that can make the dough a, a little bit of a problem. So go simple, I think. Start out with uh, the classic. And God, you know, you know, right now, basil is in, 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 and tomatoes are everywhere. You could just go out and pick a bunch of tomatoes, smash them up in a pot, cook them down, get it a thick sauce, throw in some oregano or whatever seasoning you like. You got a homemade tomato sauce. Put a little bit of that down. Um, Get some fresh mozzarella, not the plastic stuff, but the the buffalo or the the, the really fresh stuff that's in whey, um, and uh, uh, a few chunks of that scattered around, and some fresh basil, 
and you're done. And that, that's a great pizza to begin with. And it's, you know, a good easy start so that if you don't get a lot of heat from above, you don't have to worry about having undercooked sausage on there. Let me extend you out, uh, you know, two or three more minutes because it's probably uh, important to address to some degree, which is temperature. Everybody wants to know, grilling people, barbecue people always want to know temperature. Yeah, is yeah. there any type of, of reference, you know, when you're grilling a steak, it's 8,000 degrees or 1,200 <laughs> degrees or, or whatever you're getting at your steakhouse restaurant. What about when it comes to pizza on the grill? Is is the, Can you get too hot and, and uh, reap the non-reward? Yeah, this is really interesting. Um, uh, people who followed my, my website or read the book know that w when you're cooking on a grill, you really you're dealing with three different kinds of energy. Um, you're dealing with um, direct infrared radiant energy that comes from the flame um, uh, below whatever you're cooking. Um, you're dealing with indirect convection energy. So if you've got an indirect a two zone setup. You, on the hot side, you've got infrared. On the non-hot side, you've got indirect convection. And then you've got conduction heat, which is what is transmitted from the grill grates. So when you're cooking a pizza, depending on what you're cooking on, if you're cooking on a stone, you've got mostly conduction heat against the dough. Um, and then um, you've got convection heat from above. And by its own, by its nature, convection heat is much less energy than conduction. Conduction is the most energy, so you really need to keep the infrared or the radiant heat away from the stone, uh, off to the side. You want to get the stone hot, but you can't get it too hot because it'll just burn the bottom before the uh, dough is cooked, and you won't get the top done. So you've got to fiddle. On a, on a gas grill, often it's best to have the two side burners on. And what I've been doing on my gas grill is you turn on all the burners, get the stone hot, then turn off the center burners, only the side burners remain, let the stone cool just a little bit. And this is where a gun comes in real handy. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's not much else that you can use a uh, infrared gun for when you're cooking. but um, And then I shoot for around 400 or so on the stone. Um, we cook often on a metal pan. My wife does a lot of indoor cooked pizzas on a metal pan. Works just as well as a stone. This <laughs> romance with the stone is perhaps <laughs> overblown. Um, and uh, um, uh, the um, uh, there's some metal stones out there. I got one right here. So, well, I'm not gonna. I have a stack of pizza stones over here that I've been playing with. There's a metal one, and there's a whole bunch of other things out there. Yeah, and you settle in. You, you've just got to tune your, your 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 grill to get it right. And then, of course, the weather changes, and you're back at ground zero. There you go. Meathead <laughs> Goldwyn is from AmazingRibs.com, the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website, uh, along with other information, plus uh, the Pit Club as well. So for uh, sub-24, bucks, uh, join up for the year, I might add, not per month. Uh, you get all that great stuff. You get me too, whatever. Go ahead. Um. It, you can join for 90 days and get your money back if you want right. and cancel. Right. And it's worth it just to hear this guy. Um, Greg's <laughs> weekly 30-minute pit casts are really, it's like um, ESPN Sports crammed into 30 minutes. Um, it's fun. I mean, he grabs news stories. Um, come down there, sign up. Uh, uh, we're real good about refunds if you don't want to stick. Take the 90-day free trial. And uh, if you want out, uh, I'm happy to make a refund. Well, I'm not happy to make a refund, but I, I will make the refund. All right, uh, Meathead, always appreciate the time, and we'll see you again next month, buddy. Oh, always a pleasure. See you later, Greg. I'm going to go watch the Olympics, guys. All right. Excuse me. <laughs> go, America. Meathead's out of here. He's going to watch the Olympics. He's like, forget it. All right, can I do it? Can I make the read in time? Of course. The CHOPS Power Injector System is the 2015-2016 Barbecue Tool of the Year. Three different sizes to choose from. I have this one right in my house, and I use it all the time. The half-gallon CHOPS Power Injector System. So easy to use, right? Clean it, fill it, pump it, and away you go. If you have just one brisket or pork shoulder to do, don't worry. You don't have to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It uses it all. It comes with 14-gauge needle, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector, 100 bucks plus shipping anywhere. 
The one-gallon Chops Power Injector is designed for bigger catering jobs. It holds double the amount of the half-gallon, obviously. Some use it in competitions like uh, Memphis Barbecue Network Whole Hog or Ten Shoulders because you're looking for that perfect one. It also comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector for $120 plus shipping anywhere. The newest one, the Chops Full Power Injector System, it's electric, the commercial and competition Big Daddy. It's not a holding tank, but a three-and-a-half-foot pickup tube that you can put in any size container from a few ounces to a 55-gallon drum. It was originally designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City, and he said time and time again that with the Chops Full Power Injector System, his briskets are better than ever. It comes with metal needle adapters, 14-gauge needles, 3-inch, 12-gauge needles, 2-inch, 11-and-a-half-gauge needles, 3-plug screws, and a needle protector. It's 325 bucks plus shipping anywhere. A number of the top pit masters in the world are using the CPI because here's the thing. We live in a foodie world that now requires flavor in every bite. This is how you do it and do it fast. And it's not just for meat. How about alcohol-infused watermelon or honeydews? Sure, why not? Inject it. See what happens. Every injector handmade in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. You want the extra accessories, they got them. You want to shoot medium ground spices, they got you covered for that. They have two, three, four-inch, 12-gauge needles. Also, they have two-inch closed-tip needles. Perfect for shooting fatty meats to keep from plugging up the needles with fat. They sell replacement stock needle adapters and plug screws. They have a great upgrade you can buy to make a CHOPS power injector system bulletproof. Metal needle adapters. Need I say more? CHOPS power injector system. Give your barbecue power. All right, here we go. Stand by. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that was Meathead Goldwyn. Trying to get the clock. We're coming back for the second hour. Stick around. We will be right back. Hello, everybody. This is Gary Bay, Nerd Chuck, host of Wine Library TV, a.k.a. WLTV, and this is BBQ Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet before we knew. So listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. Is this? Hold on. You know, I hate it when you go and look for the song, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. Now we're talking. Unbelievable. All right, let's go to artists. Naughty by Nature. This is who sings the song, by the way. Like, we can't get away from it, right? No. Here it is. That's this one. Blah, blah, blah. Is that it? No. Is that the other one? Oh, here it is. 19 Naughty 3. No, that's not it. Wow, this is really blowing my second, uh, my, here it, naughty by name, here we go. Now we're talking. It's amazing how it changes, right? Yeah, now this is the song. 
that uh, this is the song that I rapped senior year. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I still got. It. <clears throat> OPP, how can I explain it? I take it frame by frame it. To savvy y'all, jump a shower saying it. O is for other P is for people scratching temple. The last C, well, that's not that simple, huh? It's sort of like a well, another way to call a cat a kitten. It's five little letters that are missing here. You get it on occasion if the other party isn't gaming. It seems I gotta start to explain it. Buzz it. You ever had a girl and met her on a nice hello? You get her name, my number, then I feel like Rimolo. You get her way today, she's what you wanna know about. Then you call up and it's a girlfriend's or a cousin's house. It's not a front of F to the R to the O to the N to the T. It's just a boyfriend's at a house. All right, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Forget about that. All right, let me kill this. You can't hear it. It's in my ear. Oh, my God. So that's me and OPP. You down with OPP? I don't know if I've mentioned it, but... Like, I don't know if you can see me sweating. Holy crap. The worst thing that I ever did when I built this studio was not take into account what temperature is the studio going to be. In the summer, with the lights on and nothing else. Holy crap. It is the balls hot here. I have to actually redo the whole studio scene so I can go ahead and put in like one of those room air conditioners and vent it out the side. Holy crap. Like, I mean, it's got to be 7,000 degrees in here. All right, uh, let's do this. You would recall last week I had uh, shoes that I purchased. Uh, from Soul Kicks, you recall Soul Kicks, right there. We had uh, option number one, Barbecue Central show uh, with the barbecue, and then the grill. Also, we had pair number two that uh, separate. They are independent together. They make the Barbecue Central show logo. Uh, these are both uh, eleven and a half. These are just a tad small for me. I talked to my uh, homeboy, Seth Saunders, from Soul Kicks, general manager, and uh, he's like, hey, I heard the show. I heard you said you were a little tight on the foot. So he's hooking me up with some 12s. So let me say this. If you have an 11-foot, men's 11, I don't know what that is for women's, or if any women could actually wear my shoes. Uh, but if you wear an 11 for men, because 11 and a half was too tight for me, so I actually got to go to 12s in these. And these are your traditional Vans slipper kind of shoes, the Vans. If you think you want one of these, uh, shoot me an email, greg at com. And tell me if you want the, uh, let's call it the logo style, or if you want the uh, grill style, because we got the grill right there. And I, and I honestly think that if you if you uh, if you can fit into an eleven men's, 